Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans are Jeff fans, very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all feel sucks. Y'all are an unbeliever. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. What's up, everybody? <laughs> no, we don't have the Wookiee with us this week for the Bills. However, what we do have in the building very special guest. He was here for episode three, back in the infancy of the AEBG show. Now that now that we're primed, Mike, now that we're in our groove, we're bringing him back on because you got to bring the big time guests on when you preview week one, don't you, Mike? Yes, you got to bring do. the big time guests on, none other than my dad, Andy Farrell, everyone. Hello, everyone. It's very, very nice to be here. Mike, Keith. Lifelong Jet fan, and we heard from the higher ups, Mike, at Elite Sports New York, that we had to start hitting that 65 and up demo. So that's why we got my dad on. We want to appeal to some of these older listeners. Very helpful with that. My dad, a couple weeks ago, he turned 69. God bless him. And he has been a Jet fan his entire life. So 50 years ago, about, is when Joe Namath and the Jets had the miracle run. They beat the Colts. You've actually been able to see the Jets winning, the upset they had, the the way they took over the city, the fever with Joe Namath and how he was. Is there anything else you can compare it to in New York sports? Because it just just seems like it was such a magical run in the late 60s there for the Jets and all the New York team. I got to say, I was a senior in high school. School. It, it was so magical all year. And the, the playoff game against Oakland at Shea Stadium, where they were down and they come back and it was freezing cold. And they're finally going to the Super Bowl. And uh, Super Bowl three, I guess, like any good football fan knows, it kind of merged everything. It, it, it changed everything because we were such huge underdogs. They laughed at us. No way they could win. The Colts are so good. They're this, they're that. I mean, I went with the detail with Joe. Like, like Joe really said, hey, wait, 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 wait a second. We're gonna win this game. I guarantee it. And and, and Joe was just magical. And it's uh, for our Jet fans, like younger younger Jet fans, like Keith and yourself, Mike. I, I would just love for you guys just to just to see them win and just to feel the jubilation and feel the joy. New York Jets Super Bowl champions. I couldn't so, even. So, so that's I can't I, even. That, that's that's. I can't imagine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's also it's also nice to be referred to Mike as a younger Jet fan. Because that's nice. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. No, it's very nice of you to say that. And uh, you know it is. You know you have. That's one of the reasons we all love football so much. Anyone listening to this podcast is a big time football fan. Is you know you normally you watch those games with your dad when you're growing up. You pass, I mean, the Jets are a team. I know the Jets haven't had the greatest luck in the world. It's been a no, torturous franchise. But me and my dad have been going to games together since, you know, I was five or six years old. Six. Um, you know, since I was a little guy, he had eight season tickets. So it, it really is. In our family, we do love the Jets. Um, my dad's always been a huge Jet fan. He does want to see us have some type of success because yes. at least he's Mike and he's a San Francisco Giant fan. So they had three World Series. No. So he's got to see that. He got to see that when he got older. He's a Laker fan. Because he used to love Jerry West in the 60s. That ended up working out pretty well in the 80s. And then with Shaq and with Kobe. So, I mean, this guy has seen a lot. He's not yeah. like us, Michael. We root for the Mets. We root for the Jets. We root for the Knicks. We root for the Rangers. This is torturous. This, we're gluttons for punishment over here. NFL 2012 is a certain type of blueprint, it seems, to build a good team. You have to draft well. You have to have a good offensive line. Obviously, if you had a coach that's competent, that's helpful. It doesn't seem like we have one of those now. But the Jets. He frightens me. Yeah, you like a couple of years ago when we drafted Sam, I thought, obviously everyone thought it was a positive. We want to get your thoughts because we had you on a few years ago and was when Sam hadn't played one game yet. Right. Now we have you on two years later. you got two seasons in the books here with Sam. I know did some starts and stops here for different reasons, injuries and things. Gase is a horrible coach. He had Todd Bowles his first season as his coach. So it hasn't been ideal on paper what he's been surrounded with and the environment he's been in. What do you think about Sam the last couple of years? What are your thoughts on him? I got to say, first and foremost, I, I remember at, at, at USC, and I even said to myself, and I, I remember, Keith, I mentioned to you a couple of times, I'm, and I'm watching games from the coast, and I said, this kid is some kind of quarterback. And not, not, he's got a good arm, but very, very accurate. And I'm saying, that, you know, boy, I would love to get a hold of him. And sure enough, hey, look, we get a hold of him. 
Now, the first year, that's a rookie year. Yeah? I don't want to say, you know, count it, but it's a learning process. The second year that we lose to the Bills, we're up 16 nothing in the opening game. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to uh, talk about that. And uh, then, and then he told, he's playing with Mono, I think, at the time. Yes. Yeah. And then, then we find out he's got Mono, and then he's out. Came back week five, three I Three games, and then we, and yeah. We have no backup, so you got you got to give up the season there. But he did come back in a couple of games, if you remember. He has talent. Sam Darnold has talent. The way we've upgraded this over the year, the offensive line. Now, I said any decent quarterback, any quarterback was worth his weight. If he, if you give him time, he's going to get you yards and he's going to get you points. I think the our receivers are underestimated. I think people are kind of chuckling at them. But I like Perryman. I think Hogan, Hogan to pick up for off the off, yeah. off the Patriots, tremendous, tremendous possession receiver. You got yeah. wait and see, wait yeah. and see. Wait, you I see your third and eight. You see your third and six. He's like Krebet. He's yeah. like Wayne Krebet. Yeah. So he's going to be big there. Perryman is good. The kid from Baylor that they drafted. He's been Mims. hurt. The right. guy is a burner. He'll be playing week one. Yes, he'll he is there. a burner. I watched Baylor when he was playing. Yeah. This kid can fly. Yeah, We've never had that since Johnny Lamb Jones. Well, actually, since Don Maynard. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm aging myself. I'm yeah. myself there. And you had it. You had it with Robbie Anderson, but yes, different yes, than Robbie Anderson. Yes. He was built like olive oil. Yes. Well, Robbie, can I, yeah. but, but, but Mr. Farrell, can I, let me just. Um, Robbie Anderson. What I was reading is that Robbie, when he knew the play was coming to him, was running 100 miles an hour going after the ball. But when he knew the play wasn't going to him, he would take off. And Gase oh, hated that. And oh, you know, but I don't want a player like that on the gym. I don't honestly. I don't want to. If you're not giving 100 percent all the time, get out. You know, anything, anything, yeah. not just football yeah, in no, life. Exactly. <laughs> Give me hundred percent. And when it comes to now, when it comes to Adam Gase here, now I know you've been you've been happy with the moves Joe Douglas has made this past year. Yes. But now he's been here one year. Adam Gase has been here two seasons. Now what did you you don't have to talk about the hire, but just what do you think about him as a coach the past two years? Do you think he's gonna be the Jets coach next year? No, I think think he has a short leash. I have to I'd be perfectly honest with you. And I think it's gonna be the New York press. Because he's not even even in his press conferences, he he's not a very friendly guy. And you cannot do that in New York, Mike. You can't right. do it. Because right. they are going to kill you. And if you are going to do it, if that's the approach you're going to take and you're going to be standoffish, you better be successful. You exactly. better win. Exactly. If you, if you want to be, be Bill Parcells and act like a jerk, guess what? You have the credentials to do that. If you're Adam Gase and you've accomplished absolutely nothing, why do you get to be such a douchebag? Yeah. Does seem like in a, in a variety of different ways he rubs people the wrong way. Obviously, Mike with players, he, he hasn't had the best relationship with the players. And guys, we're gonna get into Bills. We're gonna get into Jets. Week one coming up, as you know. Before we get into that, my final cuts this week got down to the 53. Most of the guys on the team, we knew who was gonna make it, who wasn't gonna make it. There, I don't think Mike. There was as many roster battles and drama this year, and maybe. There could have been, but maybe we just don't know it because this preseason is completely different than other preseasons, you know? We didn't have as much information. We didn't have as much data. Some of the guys that got cut might have been a little surprising. I think for the most part, it played out pretty straightforward, Mike, when it comes to the cuts. I know you have all the data in front of you. One guy, Mike, I'll say before you we get into it, we won't, we won't harp on it too long, guys. But one guy I'm a little surprised, Mike, that got cut. Maybe I shouldn't be, but just because of the way he played last year, and he started 10 games last year as James Burgess. Thought he was really good last season. Nate Harrison did get cut, but he got brought back because... Clark, uh, Vincent Smith, Jeff Smith, Zuniga, they all went on the IR, so Nate Harrison's back. But Burgess is out. James Harrison, offensive lineman, who's really tight with Sam. I mean, we have some good depth at offensive line now, so maybe it's a good sign. You cut someone like him who's not that bad. Started eight games last year. But, Mike, what do you think with the 53? Is there anyone on there you're surprised is still on the Jets? Anyone on there you're surprised the Jets let go? Yeah, well, uh, ABG, we did pretty good. We got uh, the current 53-man roster we produced seven players uh, who are currently on there so we get 88 percent right guys who were cut initially harrison he's on the team now but harrison was a surprise winters obviously we thought they were going to end up bringing him back but they ended up cutting him we i thought that he was a potential cut last year but i thought especially with the depth issues we have on the line that they would have brought winters back given the cap uh, Bronson Kafusi was cut. Burgess was cut. Obviously, uh, those were some, some cuts that I wasn't looking at. And I thought a cornerback like Lamar Jackson would have made it. Guys who made the team, Matthias Fairley. Now, I thought he was going to get cut because we have uh, Jamal Adams, but Jamal Adams gone. Langley, I had getting cut, but he's actually, I think, a starter. Uh, Bryce Huff, undrafted uh, free agent, made the team. Didn't have him making it, but he made it. I thought he was a potential surprise, but he made it. Jordan Willis, 
uh, Franklin Myers all made the team that I didn't make it. And then Josh Andrews and Connor McDermott on the offensive line. Everywhere else, uh, I think we did a pretty good job. Um, I thought that the way they handled the quarterback situation was the right way to do it. Uh, they got White and Fails on the practice squad with Flacco. By the way, there's a Flacco interview, I think, coming up or just was done down in Los Huevos. So I'm very I'm looking forward to listening to that. And then, uh, and then, you know, Sam Darnold, obviously. And I know Mr. Prowl was saying that he does believe in Sam. Just, you know, there. this is the year he's going to have to show... He's got to show he's got the goods now. And I know that he doesn't have, still doesn't have the greatest offensive line. And I know he doesn't have the most weapons around him. This is year three. And last year, your yard, his yards per attempt, 6.9 yards per attempt. That's got to come up. His completion sentence has got to come up. His decision-making has to, has to be better. Against that ghost game when they were had nobody back there and they were blitzing, you got to be able to see that and call that at the line. He was struggling with it. He struggles when he's under pressure. He needs to execute. And we've seen the brilliance. We've seen the plays. We saw him against the Raiders, the Cowboys. That has to be more consistent. And, I'm, and I've told uh, Keith this. I'm expecting 4,000 yards and... Uh, and plus 25 touchdowns near uh, approaching 30 touchdowns this season that that's my expectations do you you agree with that mr farrell i think he's capable of that mike i really do again upgraded the line and i think the first you know you want to say the first four two maybe three or four games are going to tell but uh yeah he's certainly capable of that and you mentioned before uh, about the city you got to keep the interceptions down the turnovers got to come down Yes, uh, I think if you, if you get level that off, and and all you want to do is you want to be competitive. You know, you're not gonna uh, if, if you play close games, you play close games. That's fine. You, you don't have to throw 30 points a game, but have a, have a consistent game, and the defense is playing well. And I think Sam is going to be fine. I really, really do. You know, I'm thinking when it comes to the Jets roster, one of the things I'm looking at when it just comes down to nuts and bolts that's interesting is they only have three running backs: uh, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore, Piran, and that's it. So yeah, I know they got they got Josh Adams down there on the on the practice squad. He could be called up at any moment, but three they only have three running backs. It looks like they got a whole bunch of receivers they're keeping. I know we got Smith who's banged up. Uh, both Smiths are banged up. It seems like everybody's banged up at wide receiver. It goes without saying, right, Mike? They won't have the chemistry from camp, unfortunately. Together, there's not one time I don't think Sam has been able to get on the field and practice with all of his weapons at the same time yet this year. Mims has been banged up. Perryman's been banged up at different times. Bell's been out there, which is great. Gore's been out there. Herndon's been out there, which is very important because Herndon missed last season. That's a guy that's overlooked sometimes at tight end. But when it comes to the roster, Mike, not too many surprises. I think we're in a pretty decent shape heading into week one here because it looks like we're getting a little healthy at wide receiver, which is what we need. We don't have a lot of uh, pieces banged up on the offensive line, so that's good. So I think we're heading into week one in pretty good shape health-wise. Of course, we're excited for week one, Mike. We always are. But to start off week one, Versus the Bills. Mike has been on top of this. The overhyping of the Buffalo Bills. The exaggeration of the skills of Josh Allen. Which if you just look at the numbers, it's mind-boggling how inaccurate he is. Now bad a quarterback he is. Mike is on this. Mike is ahead of the curve. Now we're getting into almost when the season starts. And you see these articles about team people are talking about um, going to the Super Bowl. And, you know, maybe uh, having a chance of winning it all. And Josh Allen might win the MVP. And I just want to just remind everybody of this stuff. You know, when you have a team that runs the ball as much as they do, which is which was a lot last year. They were one of the better running teams in the league because the quarterback also runs the ball a lot. And you rely on your defense to shut teams down. You have a very small margin for error. Very small margin for error because you're not a team that's going to be putting up points left and right. The Chiefs can give up three touchdowns. The Chiefs can score three touchdowns right after that. The Bills are not going to be able to do that. When it comes to the Bills and when it comes to their team, it reminds me, it's it's similar to the Jets in 2009-2010. Number one defense in the league, had a good running game. They were able to, to do well. But the difference was Sanchez never got any plaudits. Like, he was great, Mike. No one ever said Sanchez was some great quarterback. But in, in, the, in the situation with Josh Allen and the Bills, he's looked at as this great quarterback. Right. So even before we get into week one, Mike, a lot has come out the last three or four days about the Bills, Josh Allen, because the season's about to start. Do you have any final thoughts on this team before we preview this game? I can't wait to get into this, but I'm just going to say this. You know, last year, we were very close to beating this team week one. We lost, and I understand Sam Mano. I understand C.J. Mosley was hurt in the fourth quarter. But if the Jets had won that game, my, 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 how much different the perception of the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills would have been. 
through the 2019 season. They ended up winning by a point, and now they're the darlings of the NFL. They're Super Bowl uh, sweetheart team. Josh Allen is a potential MVP, and the Jets are garbage. Sam Darnold is the 30th-ranked quarterback in the NFL. The Jet offense is the 30th offense in the NFL. They're not expected to do anything. I was listening to a fantasy football podcast, and they had they said, what quarterback do you expect a larger jump from in fantasy or who could be a surprise darling at quarterback? And they had Dwayne Haskins, Sam Darnold, and Tua Tungvaluwa. And the, and the, the guy had the audacity to say, oh, oh, well, Haskins, I think Haskins... And I'm just listening to this doing the dishes after work about two days ago. And I'm like, man, oh, man, I, I just can't wait. Let, let's get into this preview right now, Keith, because I'm just I'm, I'm ready to roll, man. I'm ready. All right, everybody, here we go. 2020 NFL Jet season is upon us. Let's go. The Buffalo Bills. After going 10 and 6 to capture their first playoff berth in a century, Buffalo sets its sights on the 2020 season, revamping the offensive line and skill position groups over the past two years. The Bills enter this year as AFC East favorites. Josh Allen looks to take a giant leap and break out as a top quarterback in the National Football League. With the addition of Stefan Diggs, this team forms a formidable challenge for Gang Green in the season opener on Sunday. Jets Bills is upon us. You heard Michael coming through with the enthusiasm, hyping you up on the Bills. We also have a little Jet preview coming. Let's get into the Bills first, Mike. Thoughts on the team? I mean, Sunday versus the Jets, obviously, we know they're favorite. I think it's five and a half points favorites over the Jets. Coming off last season, the Buffalo Bills had the number three defense in the league, fourth against the pass, 11th against the rush. Very good defense. They lost a few pieces. They lost Shaq Lawson. They lost Alonzo. They added a few guys also, so it's probably breaking even when it comes to defense for them. On offense, they added Diggs. They drafted Moss. Last year on offense, they were 23 overall, eighth in the rushing game when it came to offense. A lot of that had to do with their quarterback. 25th in passing. So the 23rd over on offense, this is not a great offense. They basically won games by grinding them out last year. Coming into this season, they add Diggs Mike on paper. You would think that's going to help Allen. Of course, he's a great receiver. Uh, me and you have wondered out loud many times if their strengths actually play with each other because Diggs has got a deep ball receiver, at least last year he was. Allen's one of the worst deep passing quarterbacks in the league, so how's that going to jive? But week one, doesn't matter how it jives for the season. We're just talking about this game this weekend. Diggs is a little banged up, so he might not even play, Mike. He might not be a factor in the game, which would be helpful for us. And what I'm what I'm thinking about with this Jets, Bills, and my concerns, I want to tell you guys, is what I'm concerned with is just getting behind Mike in the game early. So when I'm looking at the game week one and I'm thinking about the game, obviously this is a concern all the time. But when you're early in a season, in an NFL season, offenses really aren't clicking yet. It's hard to score points in bunches. It's been hard for the Jets to score points at all. In the past two years, Adam Gase is our coach. We know that. Last year, we were last total yards. Uh, Mike, last year, the Jets averaged 273 yards a game. Okay? Now, Mike, there was five quarterbacks that averaged more passing yards a game than we did total yards a game. Yeah. That's how bad our offense was. Now, we all know how horrific it was. And my point when I'm saying this is we're hoping we're better this year on offense. But if we go up there week one, if we're just talking about this game, and my kind of my concerns, Mike, is getting behind early in the game and not having any ability to come from behind. And we have strengths against them, which we'll get into when we get into the Jets. But what I'm concerned with is us not being able to put up any points on this team, which which could potentially be a reality, just considering how bad Gase has been as a coach on offense and some of our liabilities on offense and the fact that the offensive line has not been together that long yet. You know, you're, you're talking about a Bills defensive front and a Bills defensive team that's really, really good. An offensive line that has never played one game together. Can it be worse than it was last year? Probably not. They were the worst offensive line in mankind last season. But coming into this game, my kind of my main concerns, and I want to hear what, what you think too with the Bills. My concern is just they're down 14 nothing, and then you, you put Sam in a situation where he's forced to pass, he makes mistakes, and all of a sudden the game gets away from us. You want to know my real concern? Sam Thicken. No. <laughs> he is a concern. He he is a concern, though. He is a concern. No, uh, you know, when I look at this team, 
I look at the offense, their offensive line is pretty decent. You know, Dawkins, Spain, Morris, Cody Ford is a really good right guard. Um, I think their offensive line is pretty good. And, and uh, I think that they can provide solid uh, protection for Josh Allen and Devin Singletary. But I think Devin Singletary is a scrub, as you know. And they have a, a rookie running back, Zach Moss. So, um, our defensive line is pretty stout, and I think we're going to stop their running game. So that doesn't scare me as much as, as Josh Allen running on the outside. Now, I hope that um, Greg Williams has runs a good defensive scheme to make sure that he keeps Josh Allen within the pocket. And Josh Allen's arm and his accuracy did not scare me either, along with a guy like Stefan Diggs. And now that we have Piet Desir uh, and we have, have our boy... Bless on Austin, who's a starting cornerback in his second season. How about that? One second, the starting cornerback job. So proud of him. Uh, I think that we can contain this Buffalo offense. What scares me about this team is the Buffalo defense. The Buffalo defense is no doubt one of the top units in the league. Tredavious White and Tremaine Edmonds are scary at linebacker and at cornerback. Um, for Micah Hyde, safety with uh, Jordan Poyer. This team is formidable on their defensive line is good with Vernon Butler and Ed Oliver, Jerry Hughes. We are going to definitely have an issue. Now, like I said before on our last show, in my opinion, and uh, I would love to hear your opinion on this, um, Mr. Farrell. I think that the key to winning this game is the utilization of Le'Veon Bell. Our wideouts aren't going to beat them. Perriman and Mims are not beating these cornerbacks. Not happening. And Sam Sam is not going to be able to throw and heave down. What he's going to have to do is beat them in the middle. Okay, we're going to have to establish the run, number one. Number two, with that tight end. Exactly. Herndon, Herndon, and then get Herndon, a little mix of Hogan, Herndon, and then getting uh, a bell out in the flats. That's how you're going to beat this, in my opinion. Now, we'll no, see. I agree with that. As a matter of fact, before, when I had mentioned about the, uh, the, the, the receivers aren't as bad as, as they're perceived to be, I forgot to mention Le'Veon Bell. And I think they're going to throw to him. They're going to throw to him, I would say maybe, I'd say 10, maybe 10 to 12 times a game. That's great. Uh, positively, if, if they can, if Gase has got he's got to open it up a little bit. That's why that, that's why the guy is there. He's not just a great runner. You got Frank Gore carrying the ball now. Now yeah. he's a little long in the tooth right now, but let me tell you something about Frank Gore. Frank Gore is a gamer. Mm-hmm. He is a gamer. There, 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 there's a reason why he's second. I think he's second in total yards right now. Total yard <laughs> lifetime. He's not a very big guy, but I'll tell you, Mike, he's he's a tough, tough guy. He's a tough Give guy. Give him the ball. Yeah. He's going to be okay. Utilize Bell more in the flat, over the middle, and utilize those tight ends. Hundred percent. I think you can count on. I think you can count on Gase trying to utilize Gore. You know he likes yeah, him a lot. Yeah. And when it comes to that Buffalo Bills team, though, Mike, on offense, like you said, Singletary, we're not the most durable Singletary. They drafted Moss. I think Moss is going to end up being the starter on that team. Mike, I think he's a better running back than Singletary. I think so, too. And I think Moss, if you look in college, Moss broke a ton of tackles in college. One of the things, he wasn't the fastest guy, but you don't have to be the fastest guy if you're smashing everyone to the ground like Marshawn Lynch. He he managed to do pretty good um, not being the fastest guy. So that Bills team, as we know, great defense, adequate offense because they're able to move the chains. You're not worried about the Bills scoring 50 points on you, but because of the quarterback and his feet, Mike, they're able to keep moving the chains, which is effective. They're able to run the ball. But let's get into the New York Jets, Mike. Week one versus the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Jet fans. <laughs> it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get it. The year is 2020. The Jets have been rebuilding for the better part of a decade through the likes of Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez, through the years of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Christian Hackenberg, and Bryce Petty, through coaches like Todd Bowles and Rex Ryan, and a general manager, John Idzik. The team has been dragged through the dirt and the fire, through the butt fumbles and quarterback broken jaws through national TV blowouts, seeing ghosts and backup QBs running shirtless in the rain, drafting Hall of Fame talent to only watch that talent curse you on their way out of the door. 
general manners with no vision, a franchise with no hope, but just when all is lost, a glimmer of hope is seen over the horizon. General manager John Joe Douglas and quarterback Sam Darnold lead gangrene into battle on Sunday as we take our first steps into the light. Let's go Jets! Okay, everybody, Michael Agaris introing the New York Jets, hyped up as always. <laughs> and let's get into our team here. Some strength and weaknesses heading into this week one battle with the, with the Bills. Now, we spoke a little bit about it a moment ago. One thing I wanted to say is the Bills' biggest strength is their run game. The Jets' biggest strength is our defensive run game. They were number two in the NFL last year. So this is one of the reasons why we do, regardless of what anyone thinks, we match up well with this team. You know, I'm not, I, the Jets... You can think whatever you want. You might think the Jets are going to lose this game. This team is not going to blow the Jets out unless something horrific happens because we do match up well with them. We do stop the run well. I don't think Singletary is going to be running wild or Moss is going to be running wild. They do a decent job of containing Josh Allen. He's going to get his yardage. If the offensive line can hold their blocks, he's always going to get some yards. But I'm not worried about Josh Allen throwing for 300 yards. Mike, I don't think he's ever thrown for 300 yards in his in career. In his career in high school, college, pros. Not once. Ever has he thrown for 300 yards. And let me tell you something, man. The entire planet, entire planet, except for maybe us three, think the Bills are taking a W on Sunday. Okay? There is zero pressure on the Jets going up to the Hill people. Okay? God help that this team goes up there and takes a W. You put me, bro, I'm going to tell you right now, because all you people out there loving this team and trashing the green and the Jets, because that's what the narrative is. That's what ESPN wants you to hear. That's what everybody wants to think, because the Jets are garbage and Josh Allen. Do not let this team go up there and take a W. It, it is going to be reckoning time for everybody, because you're not looking at it from an, an analyst standpoint. You're just taking what the narrative is. And that's the Bills are a sexy pick because they made the playoffs last year and started challenging the the, uh, the the Patriots. And they're the new team on the block. Instead of looking at the fact that they had a weak schedule, just like the Jets, just like New England. And if you look at the wins that they had, it was against most scrub teams. And yeah. whenever they played a good team, they had to fight. Now, what put them on the map was that Thanksgiving beatdown of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, guess who else beat the Cowboys? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Sam's. That's Sam's best game he played last season. Best game he played. And, and, and what's interesting when it comes to narrative and the filter that people process their thoughts through is last year the Bills were an up-and-coming team were on the rise playing an easy schedule. But last year the Jets went 6-2 and two the second half of the season and no one cared because they said we played an easy schedule. Obviously, they're a much more well-rounded team than we are on both sides of the ball. But since their quarterback, to me, is an absolute scrub, it sets them back. It's why all those years ago when you and Chris Fox and all my friends would go on about the Jets, when we had Rex Ryan, we went to the AFC Championship game, I was like, dude, we're not going to win. Our quarterback's Mark Sanchez. And I know he played good in the playoffs, don't get me wrong, but when it mattered the most in the playoffs versus the Steelers, he you know, threw up on himself in the first half of that game. You know, and you can't have a quarterback that's mistake prone because that guy has to play almost perfect in a playoff game to get through that game and not blow it. And what you see last year in the playoffs – when the Bills played the Texans in the second half, I've never seen a quarterback in my life, like in, in a playoff game, I've never seen someone look like he had no comprehension of how to play the position anymore. 12 incompletions in a row, laddering balls to referees, fumbling other balls. He was an absolute dumpster fire the end of that game. Absolute trash bag, Josh Allen, when it mattered the most. That's why I don't know what, well, you, you don't look at someone like that, right, who's so inaccurate. You can't be the least accurate quarterback in the league Two years in a row, which is what he was, the least accurate quarterback in the NFL. Two years in a row as a starter, and you come into this year and people talk about him like he's going to be an MVP. What planet are we living on, bro? Look what at are you this. talking look, about? Look at the career stats. Sam is 11 and 15 career record with 36 touchdowns and 28 interceptions. Right with the mono, with the worst offensive line, with no infrastructure. Josh Allen with everything in the world. Right, 15 and 12. So he has four more career wins than Sam. And he's thrown six less touchdowns with 30 and 21 interceptions. And 
you're telling me that this guy is an MVP candidate and Sam Darnold's the 30th ranked quarterback in the NFL? I can't. I can't with that. I can't listen to analysts talk to me like they're professionals and they know what they're talking about. Let's just wait until Sunday. Let's just wait until Sunday, bro, because Sam doesn't have mono. Now, God forbid he has COVID. Please, just be healthy. Okay, go up there. Okay, be. I want you hydrated. Stay away from everybody. Don't go out anywhere. Get on that field and show them what the deal is. We know what you want. Mike, and Mike, even even with this offensive line that people say is so much better than the Jets last season, Allen's QB rating was still just an 85. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 he got sacked 30. He got sacked 38 times last season. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Pat, we might have the most objective opinion of this team because we can't stand the Bills or the Hill people or the geographic reason that they live in. Everything about them we hate. But I do think we do have some matchups in here that benefit us. I think when it comes to this game week one, there's no home field advantage. My dad was mentioning this to me before, how normally in the NFL, you know, Mike, that home team gets about that three-point bump when it comes to the, the point spread. And there's no, there's no, I don't know if that's affecting Vegas or not, home or away now, because there's no fans. There'll be no fans in Buffalo, so we do have some matchups we can exploit. When it comes to Le'Veon Bell in the passing game last year, he was actually pretty effective. Um, I think Lev had about 70-something catches last year, you know, so 400-something yards. So he wasn't a great, oh, he wasn't a great weapon in the rushing game was a decent weapon in the passing game. Most of the receptions that he had were around the line of scrimmage. It would be nice to see Lev split out wide, maybe. You maybe have Gore in the backfield or maybe a Piran in the backfield. Now, Gore, like my dad said, Gore is someone that can still tote the ball a lot. You hope you're not in a position that Frank Gore is running the ball 20 times a game. I'd rather it be Bell. I'd rather it be Piran if it was me. But he does have the ability to do that. He still was, he still was getting things done last year. You know in short yardage situations, Gore is going to be there. And I do think when it comes to the Jets versus the Bills matchups-wise, I think Herndon can be a matchup problem for them, Mike. I think Mims and Perryman are kind of wild cards since they haven't really practiced with Sam. You don't really know what you're going to get. There hasn't been a preseason. Yeah. You don't know. There, you know in this game they're taking a shot down the field at some point to Mims or, or to Perryman. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make a prediction here. The most frightening player on the Jets for the Bills coming up on Sunday is a young man named Ashton Davis. So Josh Allen is going to play in the middle of the field because he's not good on the outside. He's going to try to throw in the middle of the field, and he has no idea how fast this kid is. They call him the Energizer Bunny. And in all of camp, he was the most impressive rookie besides Makai Becton, Ashton Davis. And Greg Williams is going to use him like a tool, bro. Just watch. From what I've been hearing about Ashton Davis, Davis has been, you know how they say you just look at a player for a little bit and you're just like, wow, that kid's pretty yeah. special. That's what I've been hearing all over camp. Like this kid is lightning fast. He is going to be a problem. And I don't, and I think that he's going to cause havoc back there in the secondary for Josh Allen when he starts trying to throw over the middle. And Mike, we, we have the New York Giants to thank for that. So thank you for taking Leonard Williams one. The reason we have Ashton Davis is because of that trade. Two, they just re-signed him, so we got another draft pick. That's three. Thank you very Thanks. much, Dave Gettleman. You, every Jet fan, take your Google out. Type in Ashton Davis 40 times, and you'll be very impressed. He's one of the fastest guys that would have been in the draft. 4.28 speed. And let me go back a little, Mike. I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself here. But the Giants also cut, cut Don Maynard because he wasn't fast enough. What? <laughs> And that I didn't know 19, that. 1958 to 59. Don Maynard wasn't fast enough. The Giants cut him. He came out of Texas Christian or University of Texas. Yeah. So the Giant, he was in a Giants camp and they cut him. Wow. And Don Maynard's in the Hall of Fame. He was, he was, he was Joe's favorite receiver. Oh, <laughs> Thank you again, Giants. Down. Now I know, I know all the older Jet fans know, but if you don't, guys, go Google Don Maynard. He's in the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest receivers of all time. His numbers are tied up at Jet Life Stadium. Over 11,000 yards in his career, almost 12,000 yards. He's one of the he's one of the goats, Don Maynard. Never, almost. I don't think he ever dropped the ball his whole entire career. The damn guy. Mike, football's here. It's back. Jets Bills is back. Well, we've been talking about football now for how many months, and there hasn't even been a game to talk about. You know, we're living in a unique um, circumstances in the world right now because of COVID. Yes, right. All the sports are handling it different ways. We have the bubble in the NHL, which has worked out pretty good. We have the bubble in the NBA, which has worked out pretty good. The game's been a lot of fun to watch in the NBA. The playoffs have been great. I mean, if you like basketball, it's been a lot of fun to watch. A lot of good storylines playing out. My dad's a big Laker fan. I know LeBron, I think they won again today. Uh, they won last night. Was it last night? Oh, they won again last night. So the Lakers are cruising. 
<laughs> looks like it's gonna be Clippers Lakers Western Conference Final, which would be awesome. Yeah, that's but dope. one concern I have, Mike, and I'm just going off script here because we haven't talked about this, is just the season, the way it's gonna play out. Do you have any fears of the way the NFL is handling or going about precautions or lack of precautions when it comes to COVID? And I'm just saying that because teams are going to play games either at home or on the road, go back to their normal lives. And you take all of those people that are going back to their normal lives and you take all the personnel that work for teams, you take every single person involved with the team and multiply that by every person they're going to come in contact with. There are so many potential situations they're going to create for themselves the NFL down the line. I think it's almost inevitable there's an issue, kind of like with the Marlins. Um, what do you think, Mike? Do you think the season is going to just play out in a straight line to February perfectly? Do you think we're going to have some hiccups as we go here? I think we're going to have some hiccups. Look, I think that every situation is different. Um, I, th- I would say that I'm a little more optimistic because I thought the baseball season was going to be far worse than what it actually yeah. is. And they've actually done, I think, a decent job in managing that's that. A, so that's a good point. That's a good point. I, 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 but I definitely think there's going to be some hiccups on some teams, some issues, and they're going to have to. But I will tell you this. Look, every single NFL player starting right now on it, every 53-man roster were to get COVID, the NFL is going to continue with the season. These guys are greedy, and they are going to get their money. I don't care if it's XFL players. I don't care if it's the AAF. They will have people dressed in uniforms playing football because they're getting their checks. That's how these – that's it. So so just know that. They're going to play a season now. Is it going to be with, you know – uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Sam Darnold and all those. Well, I don't, you know, we'll see. But I, I, honestly, after what I've seen with baseball, and I think players for the most part are being more cautious. I hope it's you know it's really on you. You know, like it's your life, right? So you've got to protect yourself. Look, I I protect myself. I go to the store, I wear a mask. I do what 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 the CDC tells me to do. Like as far as the the rules and stuff, I protect my family and you know and just hope that you know we get to over over the hill over this and we will we always do this country will always get over the issues that we have we've we've done it in the past we'll do it again but we just got to stay vigilant we got to stay true and we just got to push through it yeah and you know it's one good point you made mike is with money wise these nfl owners are not going to be getting this revenue from the games now yeah split the revenue usually with the venue so for for metlife stadium i mean we'll split the revenue with the jets or the giants maybe it's 40 60 split or whatever it is so that's all well for new york teams that's eliminated but these tv contracts each team gets about 250 million dollars so lending towards what mike's point is since they're not getting in that live gate revenue they're going to push to make sure they play this season because those teams want that money. I wanted to say one thing, Mr. Farrell, I wanted to I wanted to mention this. Uh, I think that the best um, the best thing that has happened to the New York Jets is hiring Joe Douglas as our general manager. Definitely. Now, Definitely. I, 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 I learned this. I read this article. It was on The Athletic and um, and I was looking into it. So J- Joe Douglas was running with a budget this season and there was a lot of a speculation out there that 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 budget was instituted by the Johnsons but the Johnsons after further review did not give him that budget that budget was instituted by Joe Douglas himself and the reason why he gave himself a budget is because number one they looked at the free agent class this year and they were not really that impressed with the talent and two after the COVID thing started hitting and they started seeing that they potentially may lose money on revenue sharing and whatnot, that the cap, they may be in a terrible cap situation. So Joe Douglas put a budget on this season to hold back. We're not spending a lot of money this season. We're going to make sure that we have enough cap room set up so that next season going in, which is if you look right now, they are fully positioned to get one of the best free agent classes out there number one so you know and number two they have the money with the lower salary cap because of covid to splurge when a lot of these teams like the steelers and the saints are gonna have to cut half their team because they're way over the cap cap's gonna drop because of all the stuff so that is forward thinking managing by joe douglas and I thought, you know, when I read that and I saw how he handled that. And then when you look at the Johnsons, right? If people are saying the Johnsons are cheap, oh, Johnson, oh. yeah, Chris Johnson for the training camp went and bought a hotel right next to training camp. So all his players could just go to the hotel 
and just have their virtual meetings and everything and get close. Think about that. If this guy was a penny pincher, he didn't care, he wouldn't have bought a hotel for the entire team for all the training camp. The guy, look, you could say what you want about the Johnsons. Chris Johnson for sure wants to win. He loves the team. Okay. And has he made mistakes? Yes. But he wants to win. And Joe Douglas, to me, was his best decision. And I'm really optimistic. No, I, I, Mike, I, I agree with you because you gotta, you, you gotta crawl before you can walk. So even if this year, even if this year, and I, and I don't mean to be a pessimist, even if you win six or seven games, but you have improved, you've gotten better. You know, you know, you know where you're real. Well, we kind of know where we really need help right now. But if you've gotten better, you win six or seven, and next year with the cap down there, and and, and with what Douglas wants to do, uh, I'm gonna say give up on the year, but learn from this year. Yeah, that's and it's just uh, they're gonna learn. They're gonna yeah. learn about the coach. They're gonna learn about yeah. Sam. They're gonna learn oh. about everybody. <laughs> no, they they, they are. They're, they look. This is a, everybody's on the block right now. Everybody. Yeah. And you, yeah. we got think about all the draft capital we have, all of the money now we have. Right. Joe Douglas is just sitting there like, all right, show me, show me. And and all of the value that's gonna filter to the top from this year. That's what Joe is going to then infuse with all of the assets coming next year. And all those beat writers ripping the Jets for not getting in in the free agency, they're all short-sighted and not really seeing the bigger picture. Joe is trying to build us a dynasty. Now, and well, I'll tell you, yeah. I think they're going to be okay this year. I, I, I do. I don't, let's, put it, let's be honest. I, they're not going to go to the Super Bowl, but I'll no. tell you. If I see if I see seven or eight wins and uh, even six or seven wins, but you're in every game and you know and, and you're not giving up and you you make effort. That's uh, I'm an old timer. I that, that's kind of the way I think. And I but I mean they are setting themselves up for a good spot for the future, Mike. This yeah. year, as we speak right now, Mike, we're sitting at about thirty-one million dollars of cap space, which yeah. people do criticize the Jets for not using. But going into next season. Uh, when the year starts, you're talking. They're they're in a position now that that's that's for this season. They have that much next year. Now the cap could drop, like Mike's saying. What Mike's trying to say to you guys is, say the cap stays the same, the Jets right now would have 76 million dollars in cap space going in next year. Now that, that's what different guys we have on the team getting cut for 2021. But if the cap drops, that'll shrink. But we'll have more cap space than most other teams. So they might be preparing ahead of time. And then also going into 2022, you're going to be in a position where hopefully they're trying to re-sign Sam. Right. And he's a good quarterback. Good they're going to need that money. You know, good so you, you have to think ahead. You have to think ahead when you're a good GM. You have to think ahead and you have to hope they made the right decision with Sam. They're putting money kind of in the bank now for him in the future. Getting back to, you know, just getting back to week one here, getting back to the Jets, Mike, getting back to the Jets, Bills. And we're very excited to get the ball rolling here. Predictions for this weekend. Let's just get into it and we'll get out of here for everyone. Jets, Bills. We talked about the game. We talked about the Bills. We talked about the Jets. Uh, how do you see it shaking out? Give me a final score and a winner. I think it's going to be 13-10 Jets. I like it. My, Mike, just like the Wookiee, Mike has a low-scoring game. You know, I see it playing out uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe some more points on the board just because it's early in the season. I don't know if the, the Bills defense is going to be 100% on point. But both defenses are really good, Mike, so 13-10 doesn't seem too crazy. I also think the Jets are going to walk away with a win. I think Sam Ficken... He's going to hit two big-time <laughs> field goals after a couple touchdowns. I see a 20 to 17, 20. Oh, my, me and my dad, 23. He wrote the same yeah. score down. 23, 17, 20, 17 oh. Jets. I think we come away with a W. I think next week, Mike, when we do the show, all the oh. fans can expect a big-time intro. Oh. All types of hill people cuts. Anything <laughs> we could think of just to troll one single Bills fan. We will get in there. And I, I really feel good about this game this week, Mike. I'm not worried about the Bills. Oh, this isn't like this, this. isn't like when you go to play the Pats and you are worried because you knew in your head. You see, look at the team. You say, you know what? Even when the Pats didn't look like they might have the best players or whatever the case may be, they still had Tom Brady as their quarterback. So the guy, the guy was sharp as attack. When you go look at this Buffalo Bills team and you think about it, you're like, Josh Allen's their quarterback. So when push comes to shove, do I do I have to worry about him making a great decision? No, because he's a nitwit, Mike. Okay. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Josh Allen still wears Velcro sneakers, Mike. You know what I mean? That's that back. So, I mean, this that's complex algorithms confuse him. So that's why he's not a good NFL quarterback. And that's why he has to run the ball so much in the pocket. But I think we're going to come away 20, maybe 2017, 2014. What do you think, Dad? About the same? I, like I said, I, I wrote down 2017. I think um, I think they could put points on the board. And I said, 
you know, uh, th these early games and with this COVID and, and no exhibition games, it's a level playing field. Everybody's the same out there to me right now. So I, I can't see the bookie six and a half, five and a half, ten and a half. I don't know. I, I stay, if, if I'm, I'm not a, really a betting man, but I stay away from any kind of betting for at least a week or two until until they have they have contact and they don't forget they they were playing against each other. And, yeah. You know you you you, you ain't getting hit by a by a, by, by a linebacker or a three hundred pound defensive lineman. You know it's not so. Uh, but I see the Jets winning. I do. I I, I see them winning twenty seventeen. Yeah, Mike. When you go to ESPN.com, you go most places and you look at the experts' picks. You don't see any experts picking the Jets to win. Well, no, I understand that. You know, but let's just, and you know, and what, what, we're going we're to check out of here, guys. But I just want to put something into perspective because Josh Allen, Mike, you know, everyone's saying this guy might win the MVP. We think he's a scrub. Pro Football Focus had him, what, Mike, 27th ranked quarterback? Yeah. You know, and, and Pro Football Focus, and I said this to Mike, you got to take you got to take that website sometimes with a grain of salt because even though they factor in some of these intangibles and the good plays and the bad plays for quarterbacks kind of differently than some of the other metrics, one thing they don't factor in is, does this guy have a good offensive line or not? Does this guy have weapons or not? Is this right. guy's coach Adam Gase or not? So when you see a low rating for Sam, even though I, I'm not disagreeing with pro football focus because he's made plenty of mistakes. He's had, he had two games last year alone that will sink your quarterback rating and any rating on anything. Mike, as you know, he had seven interceptions in two games. That'll crush you statistically. But when you judge Sam against the curve, oh, we all know all the Jet fans, so we won't bang our head against the wall. I think Sam is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I don't think he should be right down there in the scrub range like Josh Allen. But my point is no one's saying Sam is going to be the MVP. They're ranked in the same spot, Mike. Right. Josh Allen is going to win the MVP. He's ranked as a scrub. Everyone says Sam is a scrub. They're ranked in the same place. Yep. Sam. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know. Mike, that's what I'm saying. They're ranked in the same exact spot, and everyone looks at Sam one way, and Josh Allen is great. Like, what, what are we missing? What is it just me? Mike, are we crazy? You know what I'm that's saying? That's how we, it is. I'm starting to get so frustrated with this Josh Allen stuff. Narratives, man. It's just that, that's how it is. Look, I texted you before. I know this isn't a Mets podcast. Jacob DeBrom is having one of the greatest, greatest sporting, you know, outputs in the history of baseball right now. You don't hear anything about it. You hear about the Yankees with their injuries. That's what you hear. Right now! But that that's the narrative. Nobody's talking about it. But you go back and look at Jacob DeGrom's numbers, he's 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 on there with Tom Seaver, career-wise. Yeah, not a bad comparison, boy. Let me say right. that. And you, and you do see, Mike, more than ever in the world that we live in, people's ability or lack of ability to understand that they're being either, you know, fooled by a narrative or being led to a place thought process-wise where they're not even using their mind objectively. And you don't go, oh, Dave DeGrom is tremendous. Right. Or and there's a million way, a million facets in the world we live in where we know this applies to, Mike. People got to start you know, using their individual thought a little bit more than just believing in they read or see what they're led to think. Because sometimes people are better than you think. Sometimes people are a lot worse than you think, you know, in both directions, like Josh Allen or Jacob DeGrom, which is what we're talking about. Hey, Mike and Keith, hey, look, I just I just want to thank you guys uh, for letting me be part of this podcast. Uh it brings back to talk about the Jets and when 1962 I went to my first game. It brings back a lot of great, great memories for me personally. The good years, the bad years, co-tight years. It's the we came so close to this, that. But it, to, to have me as part of this, uh, first off, I'm honored. And again, I just want to see them win. Not so much for me. I'm a huge Jet fan, but I've been there. I want to see them win for fans like you, Mike. And you keep, and hey. you'll you'll see it soon. Farrell, it. Let's just, let's just say let let me and the rest of the world thank you for bringing my co-host and one of my best friends into the world. He's I mean yes. he's he's alive because of you. Yes, <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for that. I appreciate he's that. since he's five. He's with me. He wouldn't yeah. be well, who he, he wouldn't be a Jeff fan if it wasn't for you. You know, That's so you did the world a good service. You were, you, were, you were with us a couple of times, Mike. Come on. You'll oh, love yeah. those, uh... And I want to say to people, man, you know, just like my dad just mentioned, sometimes you go through a long run of seasons, especially when you're a Jet fan, when you're like, how is this going this way? You know, what? why is this so torturous? Why does this have to happen? Why Why don't we have this guy as a coach? Why is this guy such a bum? Why don't we draft a scrub? All these things forever and ever and ever. And it compounds itself. And I had that a long time in my life as a Jet fan. When I was born through the 80s, through the 90s, we all know we stunk. Rich Kotai, um, Bruce Coslett, you can name Joe Walton, all these different coaches I had when I was growing up. They were bums. I went to all these games with my dad every single week. And then finally, after all of that, when I was 17 years old, they go 12 and 4. 
They win the division. There's a home game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we, we took a limo out there. My dad, his friends, the first playoff game I got to go to at Giant Stadium as a Jet fan to cheer my team after rooting them on my entire life. And that type of stuff, that day, a day I'll never forget, that's why we're sports fans. That's why we love sports. That's why we all stay in it. That's why Jet fans, if the Jets win the Super Bowl, will be more insane and crazier than any fan base in the history of sports going down going down Times Square, the Canyon of Heroes. You can count on that. That's the rest of the Jets fans. Look, and I, I do social distancing, you know, but if the Jets win the Super Bowl, I'm out there, mask off. Just flying in here, Mike. You're coming here to New York for that party, dude. at the parade. And, you know, and that's why I just want to say to Jet fans, man, keep your head up because there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And there's a reason that when the smoke, there's a reason at the end of the year last year, the Jet fans and the Jets were number two in the league in attendance and the year before. And now we outdraw the Giants because the Giants aren't good anymore. And guess where their fans went? They're sitting on the couch at home. The Jets have been bad long enough. Jet fans go no matter what because we're used to it. No matter what anybody says. And, they, and when people try to say, oh, you're in New York, people come from other teams. The Giants are in New York, too. What, what are you talking about? I'm excited for this year, Mike. I'm amped 2020 to get it going here. I think we're going to do better than people think. A building year. A year where more what we're looking at is some growth from Sam here uh, than anything. And just maybe uh, a way to get Gase out of here. Get a new coach in next year. Oh, more than anything as well. well we're going to wrap it up here, everybody. That's all we got for this week. Hopefully, we take a W, Mike. If anyone does want to listen to us, get at us and support us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? Well, they can host, they can find us on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, and my dad, Andy Farrell. My name is Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Hey, this is Sean Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets will be done today in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Murray, Murray. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Call the number, leave it.